Welcome to the latest episode of Platform. Today, we've got one of the best hair whippers in rollerblading, Mr. Grant Hazelton. I've been a huge fan of Grant skating for years, pretty much ever since Mike Torres started throwing up edits of him on Vimeo, I think it was, um, back in, I want to say... 2010 2011 and from there onwards just loved everything that he's put out he had great sections in mike torres's full-length films one for the road and nights and weekends he has also put out a ton of online edits and i actually interviewed grant about i think it was around about two years ago and he had just given up his job he had been doing the kind of responsible adult thing for years, had his own home, had a good career and decided to give it up to just live the nomad blade lifestyle. I'm pretty sure he was only planning on doing it for a year or so, but that was that was at least a couple of years ago now and it's still going. We were meant to do this podcast I want to say quite a few months ago now, maybe the start of the year, but he wanted to hold off because he had an announcement. I thought it was going to be a pro frame for Caltic because that's his frame sponsor. Turns out it was actually a pro skate for Roses, which has just been announced, which is awesome. And I'm really happy for him. But I'm also quite surprised because when we last spoke, he thought that he had no chance of ever getting onto the Roses pro team and that he'd kind of shot himself in the foot in that regard because I think he mentioned that he just kind of had no like desire to go pro. Um, so I want to talk to him about that, what changed, how the pro skate came about. He's also been injured for the past few months. Um, he, I think he had to have reconstructive knee surgery or some kind of knee surgery. So he's not been skating recently, which is unfortunate because he's not been able to film a promo for the skate. Um, but a lot's been happening in his life. He has been all over the world with roses, attending competitions, um, going to loads of domestic and international events. So I think we'll have a lot to catch up on. Before that, though, cue the music. The platform, platform, platform. The platform, platform, platform. The platform, platform, platform. I, I, I suddenly feel like I'm drunk. I'm looking. Yeah, at, I know. I'm looking at sideways, Grant. So does this not? Apparently, this doesn't go vertical or horizontal. That's, that's fine. That's weird. Um, it, it it's, it's temperamental. I think it's yeah. Sometimes it does work fine. Sometimes not. But that's that's fine. <laughs> I figured if I started the meeting that way, it would have stayed that way. Yeah. Um, Unless there's some kind of set, I've never used it on my phone, so I've got no idea. Yeah, I mean, I have a really old MacBook, so the the camera's terrible. Right. So I figured the phone was the way to go, and obviously, I do not know how to. I know I've never used Zoom on my phone. I only was using it on my terrible computer. Yes. Yeah. I didn't care at that point, but it seemed a little more important. <laughs> I think, I, think, um, I think you might be placing a little bit too much emphasis on this, but right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, that, that looks fine. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I don't know how to fix it. So that's what you get. <laughs> so uh, congratulations. First of all. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah. So you're, <laughs> you've basically become like a nineties pro skater. You've become washed up, injured. You don't, you don't make, sec- <laughs> you don't make sections anymore, but you've just got a pro skate. So you can basically yeah, I mean, quit now. Cause that's what, that's what nineties pro bladers did. They got, they got pro skates and they quit. I know. Um, yeah. So I sort of wanted to joke and say that was the plan all along, but, uh, my, you know, my, that was completely opposite of the plan, but yep. I didn't so, want to do that. Actually, you know, that was like, actually I had that in mind. I'm like, I absolutely don't want to be one of those people that gets a skate and kind of like retires, but I'll be back. Well, you know, you've got your name in a skate. That's all that matters now. Um, also you do realize you've now joined an exclusive club of of no. skate skaters in this era who have had pro skates but have not um delivered promos for them can you i'll give you bonus points if you can name them uh well what are we counting as a promo is it does it have to be a section or like as in, you know? yeah like a, a legit promo yeah but i feel like our uh our definitions of that may have changed or should be changing okay. over the years so that's a, I don't um, want to name any names. <laughs> all right, I'll I'll help you out then. Frankie Morales, when Gods dropped, he brought out his pro skate for Gods, no promo, and Karel Galushko, his uh, Razor Shift, no promo. Okay. So, you know, I guess I've just seen enough clips of them on them that I just yeah. <laughs> they're they're top flight skaters though, so we'll we'll give them a pass. Um, so. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, you know, I'm happy for you, but I'm kind of surprised because the last time we spoke, you said you didn't think you had any hope in hell of ever going pro for Roses because you'd basically unwittingly told them not to turn you pro. Yeah. Well, so the thing is, I am not pro. That's uh, you know, okay. signature skate. If we're gonna try to use language that means something different, I know that's. Uh, Oh God, I was going to get into that because people had been asking about it and I, I did think it was weird, right? You're going to need to, you're going to need to clarify that because what, what's the difference between a signature skate and a pro skate? Well, I, I mean, I think we're all going to have slightly different interpretations, but like a pro skate, at least in my perspective, like you're on the pro team, you're technically, you know, whatever status pro is these days, but Rosies has a pro team and you know the pro team gets like a salary and royalties for the skates and like there's sort of more to being on the pro team and then you've got the ambassadors which it's sort of a do what you will with it as an ambassador like you know the expectations are pretty like low I guess in a way but it's like they want to be able to reward those of us that work hard and you know, have it be a more variable definition, I guess, you know, sort of like other sports that, I don't know, you see someone as an ambassador to a brand, it doesn't quite mean the same thing as we see in rollerblading. Right. Um, so, um, you know, the skate, like the signature model thing was a like, it's not a pro skate, it's, you know, a specific model for Grant, but we, he's not pro. So it was just some, you know, it's some like slight indicator but i know like everywhere you know people just call it a pro skate anyway so i'm not gonna stick super hard to it i just i'm still not pro and i'm totally fine with that and um 
Yeah, yeah. That, that didn't really answer the question because... What do you mean? Ilya Savison had a signature skate, right? That's not yep. a pro skate, that free skate thing he had, which was just weird because no one's ever seen him free skate before until that, that promo dropped. That is not true. Okay. I mean, um, maybe not think he did a lot of like big wheel grindy stuff and there's stuff before then. I don't know. Okay. I mean, he's, but, he's, he's basically a circus act. He can pretty much do anything. Right. But, yeah. That's a hundred percent true. So d- what does, what does that mean in terms of if, if you both have signature skates and people like Uto and Bobby and Nels have pro skates, what's the difference? Like, do you not get royalties or like, well, so Uto, Nels and Bobby are officially on the pro team. No, I, I, which I, I get that is aspect. what I said. Yeah. They they get like a a salary. They get like help with some travel stuff, and they get the royalties. So for the signature skate, we just get royalties for the skate and the skate. That's, you know, so that's still all right. I mean, that's basically yeah. that's the <laughs> deal that most sponsored like most sponsored skaters now don't get a salary. So most of them, it's like yeah. if, you, if you get a skate, you get royalties. Other than that, it's fence for yourself. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's great. Like I'm happy with it. I wasn't, I mean, honestly, like I didn't sort of expect it anyway. It wasn't something that I was sort of looking for. Um, It's been in the works for a while, but I'm just like, it's just kind of a surreal, amazing thing to have happen. So I just kind of was like, I'm just going to go with this and it's going to be really cool. Like I'm still a little like sort of overwhelmed now that it's like real. Like, yeah. obviously it's been real because I had to design the skate and, you know, I got a sample pair and see it in production and everything, but having it announced and then talking to people about it, um, I feel like I still haven't fully figured out how I feel about it other than like excited. And uh, it feels silly to say overwhelmed, but it's just like, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> Other than uh, your your the, the teenage boy inside you is like yes. <laughs> well, so like this also will sound silly. Like I never really wanted anything from skating, so I haven't been sort of dreaming of what it would be like to have a skate or like what I'd want to look it to look like kind of thing forever. I just have kind I mean, of skated. come on. Every everyone thought about what it would be like to have their own pro skate. Even <laughs> even people that stunk up the place and knew they sucked. Like they they thought they had they had the, the idea popped I, into their head. I mean, maybe just didn't have that kind of ambition. I'm not like the most overly ambitious person in the world. Okay. Um, but uh, skating was always just kind of something that I really liked to do, and I, I sort of initially it's like I didn't really want it to be anything specific. And if I put too many goals or things like that, like, and this is coming from, you know, perspective later in life. I don't know that I knew what I was thinking when I was younger, but it was kind of an escape and like this fun thing. So trying to make something of it seems like it would have taken away from that. Right. And I've only really pushed it, you know, the last couple of years, like obviously like I've skated for a long time and I've skated hard at different times, but in my own mind, it's been, you know, maybe the last four or five years or so that I was just like, I am going to just skate hard and try harder and be involved more and kind of see how much I can do with it without having a specific goal. And then things kind of fell into place. And I think social media obviously helped a lot. Like I decided I would actually 
participate in that and, and then try. You, you bought all those followers and then you paid all those people to like your videos and now it's it's paid off. <laughs> yeah, worked out. <laughs> right, cool, cool. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's like, I feel like a whole nother part of the conversation where like, that's a whole new part of rollerblading and like fighting our traditional views of what's cool and you know it's always i've always gotten the impression we're supposed to be the kind of like you don't want to be a tryhard and yeah there there definitely was an element of that it's like if if you were the competition skater like once upon a time you were lame because people were like oh no you're you're treating this like a sport too much and it's supposed to be yeah. counterculture and all that kind of yeah I, I definitely think we've moved away from that because let's some of the biggest and most respected names in the sport are park skaters so yeah yeah i just you still see it i think you still see it hanging around just with the way we do social media i mean we still don't do that much youtube stuff and maybe that was also just from getting to into vimeo at the time like when yeah yeah putting things out like i that has to think some other aspects to it but it's still not enough of us are focusing on like things like youtube are really taking the social media thing seriously it almost seems like sometimes it's it's a joker and it's a side or people aren't willing to fully admit like the power that it can have Ooh. Um, I, I don't know not that it, there aren't people that do it yeah but. I, I don't even know that it's that i just think that like I've, I've seen this regularly come up on social media and like facebook groups and stuff like that and people are like god if this skater had a youtube channel i'd subscribe to it and if they had a patreon i'd do it. and you're like yeah but just because you're a great skater doesn't mean you want to put yourself out there like that and doesn't mean you want to be that accessible and there's there's definitely rollerbladers that just do not feel, and you can tell they do not feel comfortable speaking in front of a camera or just, or, you know, letting people into their personality that much. They just like, they just want to be known for their skating and that's it. So yeah. those people couldn't like, what are they going to put up on their YouTube channel? Just the, the clips that they put up on Instagram, you know, and they, they might be epic clips and they might get loads of views, but it's, I, I yeah. just think some of the some of the best skaters we've ever had throughout the years. Yes, there's been some big personalities, but for every big personality, there's been ten skaters that just want to be left alone and just want to kill it on right. skate. Just skate and do their yeah. thing. Yeah, I totally agree. I see that too, and obviously that turns back around to our, I guess, a little bit of conversation, like what really is a pro these days. You know, there's so many aspects to our sport, and we don't have that like strict like there isn't a strict hierarchy i don't think anymore yeah. like things are, are pretty more variable than they used to be and there are those people that are just so good it doesn't matter as long as they skate like you know they can be pro and they can have a following and everything and then there's a whole nother group of people that it's like you need to do more than skate i, I feel yeah. like the middle ground of what a professional rollerblader is is like a lot more varied these days it's it's about like character and engagement and personality more well not more but just it can be as important as yeah. your ability to skate and as long as you're good enough and you can connect with people like that that's important now too and i think we need we need just as much of that as the people who are just super amazingly good um 
Yeah, I agree. I think my my definition of a pro is someone who people like someone who will sell product. That's that's my like you can have I think the difference between a pro skater and a great skater is a great skater, people will watch their sections and go, Oh, that was incredible. That guy's amazing. But they'll bring out a pro skate or a pro wheel or a pro frame and it won't sell because they're just not they can be an amazing athlete and they can be technically brilliant but they just don't inspire that loyalty or that like you know they don't they don't do they just don't do it for the consumer and there's right. been there's been countless skaters over the years that have produced phenomenal sections and done tricks that no one else can do and then their pro products come out and it's tanked yeah that's true and i, I mean i see that as a you know there's there's also maybe a level of there needs to be some relatability I think for people, you know, you want to potentially buy their product because you see something of yourself in that person. Um, or, I mean, I, I see nothing of myself in Alex Brosco, but I, I'd buy his skate. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I feel like he's always on a different level. Like maybe <laughs> he gets to be like all the way up here. Yeah. And like, I, yeah, I, <laughs> there's some people I think that go beyond some of our maybe basic categorization of things. Uh, but I do see like just what you said, like people, there needs to be a little bit more for people to somehow engage with. You can't just be good. I think you have to be top tier good or good enough to have some other stuff going on. And yeah. Um, oh, no, or yeah, just, there's, yeah, there's I don't know, aesthetic that, stuff, yeah. style stuff, um, you know, things that maybe aren't as, simple to place but you know people see a skater and sometimes they uh, you know reflect that more like and be like oh i could see myself doing that like maybe i could never do that trick but like somehow this situation makes me feel like i could somehow attain that level instead of watching skating just be like i'm not even going to try because that's just something i could never do yeah and i think people like watching video you know things that they're like maybe one day, like I'll get there, I'll practice. Whereas sometimes it's discouraging where you're just like, Oh my God, I don't even know what that trick was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Getting back to the pro thing. I think a lot of it is about branding now. And I think a lot of skaters have become very good at seeing themselves as an individual person as like a miniature brand and how to like adhere to that by, you know, just having, like a consistent style in terms of clothing or in terms of the media they put out. Like if you look at people like the Kelsos, like they very much decided who and what they are and what they want to market themselves as. Or someone like Bobby who, you know, came up just absolutely murdering it with like viral skate park clips. But at the same time, he's done this thing where he's made himself very accessible to the public. He'll pretty much respond to any comment or question if you message him. Like he he will message back anyone, and he's he's become that like you know kind of people's champ thing where you know people yeah. pe people want him to win. They're rooting for him because they're like he he he's made himself that you know kind of kind of like the working class hero kind of thing. Like I think of it as like bands. You get these superstar bands that don't have to do much. You know they're just they're they're iconic in themselves, and they'll put out something every once in a while, and people will go wild. And that's like, you know, the kind of elite level, all-time great pro skaters. Like you've got your, I don't know, your halfies or 
yeah, or like other examples like yeah, Broscore stuff like that. And then you've got the you know the touring bands, the bands that you know they need to get out there, they need to make themselves visible all the time, they need to play all the shows because if they don't, they won't survive. And right. I, I kind of feel like it's the same in skating. Like people, you know, they need to have regular footage on social media. They need to be at the events. They need to be, you know, putting in the work and, you know, building up a fan base. Because if they don't, there's plenty of other people there to take their place. Yeah. And we've sort of, we consume media different than we used to, too. Like things get forgotten pretty quickly and you move on to whoever's doing the most, you know, next. Yeah. It's, it's not as, you know, you don't put out one section and have that carry you through like a year or something anymore. I mean, I think from time to time it still happens when it's just like really impressive, Yeah. but it's not the norm. And as much as like, it's kind of, I feel like I've, I've mixed feelings about it because I've been skating for, I don't know, 23, 24 years or something. So yeah you know, kind of come through it all. And if anything, I got more involved as I got older, which sort of seems to be the opposite of things. But um, it's it's interesting to have, you know, that history where you're, you're expecting sections and stuff. And it's like, I notice myself sort of changing my perception of what is expected and what's good. And, you know, even just filming stuff, you know, where we're trying to adapt to social media where you get sort of, I don't know, it's odd to film a skating clip vertically on your phone when for quite some time we were all still trying to make it look like it was a camera, you know, you would. Yeah. And really like, if you want to play the social media game, like you need to do it and you know, you're not going to get the same sort of, you know, recognition, like with whatever algorithms and things, if you're filming a horizontal video on your phone and posting it as a reel on Instagram, like it just doesn't work as well, but we still have, you know, there's just still sort of traditional things I see poking around or talking to people who are closer to my age that like, you know, I'm trying to stay as current as I can and pay attention and, you know, talk to other people in sort of my era that maybe aren't as involved or just don't care. And it's like, there is a real kind of divide between trying to stay to whatever skating media roots we have Yeah. versus. Um, oh yeah, definitely. But well, it's just, it's like, it's like anything in life, like whatever, wh- whatever new iteration there is rebels against what was there before. And the new generation is like, I am going to build up a bank of clips and I'm going to drip feed them onto social media so that people think I'm constantly present. And it might even all be at the same skate park or the same street spots or whatever. But the fact is they're just constantly there. And it's quite funny what you mentioned about social media because I've just got round to reels because I'm ancient and don't understand social media. And now Instagram changed the goalposts again. And now you can put wide yeah. videos as normal posts again. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Why yeah, get me to figure this out it. just to change it back? Don't like, don't toy with me like that. That's not like, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this whole injury thing is putting me a little further out of touch. Like I feel like I've had my own, I always try to do what I think feels right and like represents myself the way I want to be seen. And, but at least, you know, plays along enough to be current, I guess. 
and this whole injury thing like kicking me out like it's been it's been like four and a half months now i think since i initially fell and it's it's been sort of weird like i'm going through old footage and stuff and be like yeah i didn't post this a couple months ago because like it just wasn't quite right for what i felt like but now i don't you know i don't want to just disappear and all right okay so you were like yeah this this isn't this isn't good enough i'm not putting this online you're now you're like oh i'm running a little bit thin on the yeah, ground with this footage <laughs> i have a lot of that like from you know the past year or so that i'm just like it'd be like a story clip or something and it's some slightly arbitrary you know classification because part of what i'm learning and trying to like be okay with myself is that my standards aren't always like the right ones even for what i'm presenting like i need to be in tune with my audience and people that engage with me and like my skating or just you know message me and talk to me it's it's not always about what i think is like the greatest or the best like a lot of people like to just see skating and maybe more accessible skating or they you know everybody has a trick maybe that they think is super hard that for other people is easy or like i'm trying to step a little bit back from like being so judgmental about my own stuff and just participate and engage and you know let people other people have their own opinions that i'm not trying to tell them what their opinion is by some presentation yeah uh, yeah i know what you mean yeah because it's, it's a weird balance <laughs> yeah. especially sort of i don't know i feel like my skate style and stuff maturing in rochester where we have quite we had a we have very solid crew of really good skaters that were pretty um specific about what was good or not <laughs> and i mean that that's the that's that's the same for every scene's got their yeah got their uh... i've been other places where it's like it's not as you know not as uh strict or as like a land you know you land something and i'm like that didn't count and everybody's like no that was sick you're like you're right okay i'm not gonna like argue like it's not fair to always argue with other people about what they think is cool like obviously there are things to argue with other people about but not you know and until they see you walking back up to the top of the stairs and doing it again they're like whoa wait a minute what you weren't happy with that like oh fine okay cool <laughs> yeah and and then you get hurt because you tried it three more times even though one of them was good enough <laughs> yeah but i mean that's part of the fun I, I don't know i think some of that's part of the fun too like you have a vision of what you think it should look like and then also what it feels like you know you land a trick sometimes and it just doesn't feel the way you want it to even yeah. if it looked good you're like no i gotta do that again i just i want it to feel complete in my mind and it's oh, yeah you know, or, or it goes the other way and you're like yeah i think that was it and then you see the footage and you're like that oh, oh, yeah. oh that's so that's so disappointing like what is oh, okay right cool. yeah i hate that so that's the worst you go home or something and you review the footage later oh no <laughs> You're like god i thought that was going to be so graceful and not nah, looking at now nah, that's not that that's not working at all yeah 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 i'm more familiar with the second feeling um but it's, it's basically impossible to predict what people like on social media as well because there's been times where yeah we've been yeah totally the like three it doesn't years. even matter if they like it or not it just happens to be timing and a I keyword yeah. that you got right or a hashtag that was like trending at the time like there's just so many little pieces that 
I've been very surprised sometimes by what, you know, gets views and engagement. I'm just like, that wasn't great. That was just sort of a throwaway. But then, you know, you work really hard on something and think it's awesome and it just doesn't goes nowhere. Yeah. So I think it's easy to get discouraged. I think a lot of people probably feel that way, like social media stuff. You you work hard and you get almost no return sometimes and then it's gone. Whereas, you know, if you sort of work harder on a section and put some time in, it's like you almost have more opportunity to promote it down the road. You know, if, if you make a section, you can put it on YouTube and it's there, it's searchable. Um, you know, different blading outlets might pick it up at different times and then you yourself can promote it on social media sort of and yeah. spread it out. And yeah, definitely, yeah. And plus another thing I like about sections is you can look back on it and watch it again, like, I don't know, a few years later and then be like, oh, I remember that time or I remember what happened that day. Whereas I feel like, even social media, I sometimes forget what I've put up and then I'll contact someone and be like, oh, I'm going to put this up today. And they're like, you put, you put that up like three months ago. And I'm like, did I? And then I have to look back and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> you just, because it's just become so, yeah, throwaway that it just doesn't yeah. really mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's an incredible thing like that gets super engagement and gets reposted and stuff, it still just has this short lifespan. And it's just, how it is these days and obviously there are things that come outside of that bubble but i think it's harder but you know it's still interesting it provides us with like a different way like i really like being able to see lots of little skate clips you know in quick increments so that i don't have to sit down and watch a video like obviously there's time for that and that's fun too but it's nice to feel it's like you feel more present with some yeah. people and it's kind of cool to watch their, I don't know, watch their progression, like, you know, talking to people that are just starting skating or seeing accounts where you're like, wow, the last thing you posted was like, you were just like stepping onto a soul grind. And it's like, now you're like blasting at it and you really laced it. It's like, it's pretty fun that way. I mean, obviously everything has its pros and cons. So, yeah, I'm also acutely aware that anything I post on social media has the possibility to be viewed by someone while they're on the toilet or worse and that just kind of gross like i don't know my mind goes to like dark places so i'm like mm, right okay it just yeah huh. i've it, never uh i've never given is, that any real thought you know if they're sitting watching a section i don't know i suppose they could also be doing disgusting stuff if they're using a laptop yeah okay yeah. Let's, let's go off this topic um <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned your injury you said you've been out for about four months i i i that so what I wasn't sure about whether it was just wear and tear and you were going to get surgery for whatever, or whether it was a specific accident that happened. Specific okay. injury. Um, let's see. It was early June, I think. Um, I think I the like the citrus M12s were recent. I was like doing some, I had actually that day had a point, like I was going to get, some specific clips for like, you know, a little Instagram thing for those skates. And, and the skates were so ugly that it put you off and you got hurt. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's like every new color or something. Like I feel like most of the time I get them and I'm like, wow, these are my favorite yet. And then the next my, ones are like, so yeah, my, um, inner, my inner goth can't handle these bright colors. It just, no, it's too much for me. I, I like, so I think if I, didn't if i wasn't sponsored 
by Rossi's, I probably wouldn't have bought the yellow skates. And that's but, the answer there. If you wouldn't, if you wouldn't buy the skate, that's the answer. Yeah. But I don't like initially, like if I had gotten a chance to like put them on my feet or see a clip or something, like I love them. Like, I think they're so cool, but I think I, I myself wouldn't have taken that risk. Cause I, I feel like I'm not like, I chose the colors for my skate. Cause at the end of the day, as much as I like interesting colors and sort of stuff like the bobbies i thought were the coolest skate bob see that was understated i liked that because it was pink but it was like a it it was like a mellow pink it wasn't a like i'm going to blind you pink yeah i don't know yellow was the yellow was intense the yellow was a lot (laughs) but like so for myself at the end of the day i'm pretty like somewhat reserved and I, this is like probably a whole nother. I'll go back to the injury part. <laughs> um, Actually, mention the injury part first because there's a couple more things I want to ask you about your skate. And one of them is why you went so conservative with the design. So talk to us about the injury first. Okay. Um, so, yeah, citrus clips. And I wanted three. We went, I went with uh, Nate Hall, Tim Adams, who are, you know, my, my crew. And we took sort of a day trip out maybe 40 minutes east of here to why we went out there just we knew there were some spots there's a a little town skate park that's like always locked up but we're like well maybe this time it will be unlocked and we can warm up and then we'll go skate some street and i'd like google street viewed a spot and like there was a you know a stair set and some weird square handrail i was like i'm gonna just get like three clips for citrus skates on this rail and so I did two grinds on it. And then I was like, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing this. <laughs> I was like, I'll just gap it. I'll just like 180 the set. Like, I was like, it's just Instagram. Like, even See, though that's this, not this a is cool. Why, this is why you're an ambassador and you're not pro. After after two clips, you went, I'm tired. I'm done. I've had enough. Well, I'd been <laughs> skating for, I think it'd been like, we went to like four other spots beforehand. And I right. had three other clips already. All but, right, okay. I'll, 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 let, I'll let it go. <laughs> yeah. And I did, you know, quite a few tricks that were not on camera at that last spot too. Okay, you don't but need to. I like to me. just go I'm, and skate. I'm not, I'm not the one sending you the skates. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, they, I mean, they keep doing it. So that's that's, that's true. So you're you're doing something right. <laughs> but you know, so I just kind of like got lazy. I was like, I'll just gap it, and I did, you know, one one try and just kind of washed out. You know, like a silly like I was like, well, I was stupid and the second try i just i have no idea what happened i maybe hit a crack landing but it's like i 180'd fine wasn't flaily or anything weird landed got both my feet under me and sort of as i was you know standing back up from the landing my like right foot just sort of wiggled and like bent inwards like hyper extended in okay and then like tossed me back over my back and kind of got stuck under my butt and then like flipped over again. So like, I don't, I, the first part was most like, like the ACL, like I tore my ACL completely, like disconnected it from the bone. Right. So, um, and then, so I, you know, I don't know exactly what happened. I think looking at the footage, it looks like I might've hit a little bit of a crack, but like, I feel like it should not have done the damage it, did but just random circumstance 
I was about to say, th- think about all the times you've had like bad falls and then got up and just walked away fit. And you're like, man, could have died that time. Like, yeah. so it's, it's one, it's, it's just luck. <laughs> but it's this luck one was one of the, like, I can't believe like one eighting a stair set is the thing that got me. <laughs> like, I mean, I've, I wanted I've, to, you I've know, put be my pelvis on a P rail so you can, you can destroy your body on anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, I totally get it. I just like sort of disappointed that of all the things like, or it was a gnarly fall maybe that you're like, you knew you're going down. Yeah. And, so it was just kind of disappointing, but uh, did, I knew did you it was know, like as soon as like as soon as you hit the ground and were like, oh, did did you know it was bad, or did you? I think, knew oh, that hurt, that hurt was, a bit, and it just didn't. It was better. worse than anything I've I've done right. before. I haven't gotten injured too much. Um, I mean, that's quite that's quite funny because Austin refers to you. As, Austin says you fall more than any rollerblader he's ever seen in his life. <laughs> I do fall a lot. Yep. Um, but I, I feel like I know what I'm doing. Like I fall on purpose in a way to like, okay. you know, if I'm missing a trick, I'm going to just fall instead of yeah. trying to catch myself and get hurt. So I think I've learned how to fall really well. Right. Okay. But I also, it's, it's controlled. Try a lot. You're like, you're like, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm just going to take the spill. <laughs> the hair is kind of dramatic. So it makes like the falls <laughs> look worse. And then I definitely like flail my legs. Cause like, I feel like just as learning to fall, if you kind of counteract your fall with like, your legs in a way like stick your legs up or kind of roll it just dissipates the impact like just like i don't know like parkour people do where they like duck and roll like Uh, that applies as well so sometimes i do that and i think it looks way more dramatic than it should be and i get up i'm like i'm fine i'm fine don't worry and i'm like what just happened (laughs) (laughs) uh but this was not one of those i knew from the first like sort of weird movement you know, it really hurt. And then I couldn't, it was so much that I just got ejected basically. And then when it got stuck kind of under my body, that hurt again, real bad. Like that, I put my, I put the clip up on Instagram. You can like hear how bad it hurt. <laughs> like I make noise when I fall and stuff, but this was a different kind of yell. Right. And, you know, I couldn't get up for a bit. Like it was one of those. I'm like, I know something's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. I hope nothing's that wrong. But I was able to like hobble back to the car. Um, I could like sort of barely put weight on it, but Tim had to drive us home. Like I'd driven and I, I couldn't drive. We stopped at Taco Bell <laughs> trying to like pretend like sometimes we have that as like a sort of road trip, you know, tradition on the way back. And I was like trying to pretend there was some sense of normalcy. And I was like, I was not, I wasn't okay. And I couldn't walk like the next day at all. And I had some health insurance complications. So like I knew I couldn't go to the doctor right away. Okay. So as I was figuring that out, I spent like two weeks basically on the couch icing with my leg, like up, like I really, I was like hopping around and I got a set of, I got a cane. I didn't have crutches yet. Yikes. Um, um, see, when you say health insurance complications, is that, is that a, polite way of saying you didn't have health insurance no so i I had health insurance but um it was through my ex's business in florida right and i was back up in rochester and there was no coverage like everything was out of network which means basically you just pay for it um some some out of network said they'll like cover a percentage of your bill if you're not in their health insurance network but when I looked through all my coverage, it was like, I have basically nothing here. 
So I had to wait and get new health insurance for the next month. And so I had to wait. Because you were like out of state and it was based in Florida or what? Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. So anything. That just, yeah. Well, and they claimed that they had in-network care in like when you go through that, you know, they have some internet portal thing that you can search for in-network care. And it's like a bunch of places in Rochester came up. So I figured I'd be fine. But when I actually got down to it, they weren't. Actually, it was just super confusing, and that's sort of how the U.S. healthcare system is. Yeah, for for um, a, for a British person that just is constantly <laughs> baffled by it, I'm like, cool. So if you don't if you don't have insurance, you're screwed. But if you even if you do have insurance, and it's like not exactly what you should have for that state, at that I'm like, come on, man. Like, it's like you need to go to school just to learn how to navigate that one aspect of your life. Yeah, it was really like intimidating and kind of scary. And I was glad I was able to get like a New York state plan. But even so, you know, I kind of just had to do it. I didn't have enough time to do great research. And at the end of the day, it it ended up covering things really well, but it's still more expensive than it could have been. Um, But it, it still drew the process out because they make you, you know, through the system, like to qualify your insurance to cover stuff, you have to like take certain steps. You can't just, you can't like skip stuff, even if you know that it's wrong or it's been X amount of time. Like I had to sort of start from scratch when my coverage started in July. Like I think it was maybe the, it was just first or second week of June. And so I had to wait until July and then sort of start from scratch of like, okay, here's my first visit. When can I get an appointment? Okay, you have a follow up where you get an x ray. And then we have to come, have you come back and talk about that. And then because that didn't show anything specific, you have to come back for an MRI. And then yeah, you're like, like, what, so what, like, what do you, what do you mean? It didn't show anything specific. Well, I, can't walk, just, I can't walk on it. <laughs> right. And like, I'm obviously injured, but you know, there are, it obviously there's, they explain it and it makes sense. Like the x-ray, even if there's nothing broken, they still need to check for bone fragments and stuff for, so like, it's still good but they're ruling out certain things along the way. But it's also like, as the consumer, you're just like, can we just do both of them right now? And like, no, you have to do this one first for the insurance company. And then once it proves that you have to do the next one, then they'll do it. And it just, it took two and a half months before I could get surgery. Uh, just like, sounds infuriating, but okay. And it was supposed to be longer. But the surgeon, the day I went in for my consultation, he had a cancellation the next week. And it was just like perfect timing. Like he had the cancellation before my consultation. I was just like, hey, we have a cancellation next week. Like, can you do it? Because otherwise it's going to be another month. So You're like, I will be here anytime you need me to be here. Yeah, that's Cut exactly what I, <laughs> <laughs> so I just sitting like I lost so much you know, muscle and strength, like even though I started some physical therapy before my surgery, it just, you know, it couldn't be a lot. Yeah. And I'm sort of, you know, further back than I'd have to, like I have to work up more than I'd have to if I had been able to get treated sooner. But So you get injured in, did, I'm guessing if you started the plan in June, you get injured in May or was it before that? No, it was June. July June. was when I ah, July, started right. my, yeah. So that, that's not been that long then, because you got surgery, how long ago was surgery? Like a month ago it's, or something like that? It's oh. actually, it's been, eight weeks was yesterday. A couple of months then, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, 
you know, the turnaround from it happening to getting on the, well, you know, you're all healed up and now starting to build the strength back in it. So that's, it's not been that long. Oh, it feels like a long time. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, I was living the nomadic bleeding lifestyle and now it's all just abruptly come to an end. Yeah. And it like started right back up. Like as soon as sort of things were happening, I went to DCO and, you know, it was like, cool, I'm on the circuit again. I knew the skate thing was happening. So I had all sorts of plans. Like I was going to just milk this skate thing as much as I could, you know, travel and promo and, you know, just using it as an excuse to be like, hey, like, I'm going to come to your city and get some clips or like, I, I wanted to go to a bunch of skate shops and just like, hey, can I hold my skate at your skate shop and take a picture? <laughs> like just, you know, stuff like just yeah. really lean into it and enjoy it um, and film the pro. Like I have, you know, a folder on my phone of, I don't know, 50, 60 spots that I was like, some that I've been saving for a while, you know, that I was kind of excited to finally do a trick on that I've been thinking about. And I was really excited to have a reason to really put some work into something beyond an Instagram clip. Cause I think that's the difference sometimes, like, you know, even for yourself, the Instagram clip, even if it was a battle or something, it goes away quickly where it's like, yeah. like you said like before, it's cool to have a section to look back on. And this was a reason the skate was a reason to really like push myself even harder. And before I got hurt, I felt like I was on top of my game. Like I realistically the best I've ever been at rollerblading. So I was ready to sort of prove it to myself. Um, but I'll get back to it and there's, see. Yeah, there's still time. That's that's what I was going to ask. So obviously by the time you can actually skate at the level you want to skate at, potentially the skates are going to be sold out. But you They are going to be way gone. It's going to be like, it's going to be like a year. So, maybe more but you still want to are you going to still film a promo for it because that would i still think it would be quite cool just to have it just to be like well here's my skate and here's the here's the thing i made with my skate so i, I still think it's, yeah it captures a moment in time i guess i haven't fully decided like i'd like to do something i just i don't know how i'm gonna feel when i get back to it like I, this is already just about the longest i've ever not skated uh, I, you know, I never stopped from the time I was like 12, 13 or whatever, you know, obviously you had your downtimes and whatever, but I never consciously stopped and I've never been hurt that bad. I think I hurt my back 10 or 11 years ago and was out for a couple months, but you know, that it's not the same, like there wasn't the same kind of rehab thing. Like yeah. when I was back, I was just kind of back and this even six months is like the rough idea for sort of back to activity, but that's like chill out and like maybe roll around a little, that's not do tricks. Um, and then it's all, I'm sure like, it's going to be a little variable. Like I feel like my physical therapist is super on point and like pays attention. He's, you know, engaged in skating stuff and asks me questions. So I feel comfortable with it. It's just, the risk versus reward. Like I'm sure I could go out in six or seven months and like do tricks and be okay. Yeah. But the muscles just aren't going to quite be there again. And is it worth setting myself back? Like, I I think I'm just going to have to learn to manage my own expectations and try not to place other people's recovery on mine. You know, like so-and-so was like back doing hammers and like, yeah, it's just, 
we're all different. We all heal differently and deal with things. Like, I guess even, even if you feel good, the tendon, I got a, um, what's it called? A patellar graft. So they take the tendon from the front of your knee, right? Like they cut a section out and then drill holes in your bones and slide it through, but it's still just a tendon and it's replacing what was a ligament that's stronger. So even though the patellar graft is, I guess what I've been told the sort of the choice for athletes, it's still never going to be a ligament and its own healing process is a year or two. So it sort of changes and strengthens because of the new placement and how you use it. So it will get quite a bit stronger than it would have in its original location, but it's still, it it only can do that so quickly and no amount of muscle work is going to speed that along. It just stabilizes your knee more. So you're less likely to injure, you know, the, the tendon. So I'm just, there'll be a lot of fighting with that where I'm like, I feel great. <laughs> like I'm going to go do stuff. And I'm like, yeah. Ooh, yes. I st- you don't want to, you don't want to risk rushing it and then be like, Oh, cool. I'm back to the start. Great. Yeah. yeah I can't, I don't think mentally I could go through like the process again that quickly, like on my own accord. If I felt like I rushed it and it was my fault that I fell like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, on the so, upside, I've, I've heard that wheelchair basketball was quite an adrenaline rush. So, uh, you know. I'm not good at basketball. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know, rollerblading is my sport. Uh, yeah. um, so when when did you find out? Did you find out before the injury or after the injury that you were getting the skate? Way before. It's right. uh, not quite a year. But good like i can't quite remember but less than a year but way before the the injury like i had actually just gotten my like sort of sample pair a week before that happened so did you get any footage on the skates before you got hurt no, no. i i didn't even put them on <laughs> like oh. i i kind of wait what like, who gets know. what who gets a copy of their own <laughs> skate and doesn't put them on? what is wrong with you it was too, like, I was, I don't know. I didn't know how to handle it. They sat in That'd their the box. First thing, I'd be like, I wouldn't even have closed the front door. Uh, no, there was like almost like a shrine to them. Like they just stayed in the box on my kitchen table where I was just like, this is so cool. Like, what do I do? I'm disappointed in you. I'm very disappointed well, in you. So those I would have had to. Straight on my feet. I'd have taken a photo and I sent them to all my friends. Well, I had to keep three it of them. <laughs> So uh like it, that was kind of interesting too like the whole like secrecy it's like who can i tell that i know will not say anything versus like i just the process was a little more intimidating of like of creating escape than i would have thought so who did um, who did you trust to tell that's why i want to know I'm, I'm gonna guess mike i'm guessing mike torres got a call because he told me he was potentially in line to film the promo yeah we talked about that um, right. We obviously never figured anything out because I got hurt. <laughs> so um, Nate and Tim, just because, I mean, Tim lives across the driveway from me, so I couldn't as well hide that. And uh, they were like, be my so, so you got a package. What's your new, what's your new package? Show me right. the. It was like, oh, you guys are coming over. Let me hide my skates. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were like, those two were generally kind of like my sounding board of stuff. And 
um, you know, through through the process, some other people like just to, to talk about stuff like David Dodge was going to help me do some graphic stuff. And I don't know, like it, it's a little bit of, I guess, a blur in a way, because I kind of like the injury thing just like really set my mind off into a different place. And during the whole process, like I split up with my partner at the time and like a lot of life change stuff was happening. So like, it's just, Does it's a, uh, we're not going to see you in Florida anymore because he lived, he was the reason you were in Florida all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the time we'd actually had a house together in Florida and I was there, you know, almost full time, but yeah. So like just a lot of stuff was going on at that point and it kind of try not to let it like sour the skate experience, but as far as, just interacting with people and how much I was paying attention wasn't as good as it normally would have been. All right. Um, but like the skate process itself, it's like every, you know, it's roasties. Basically it was uh, Martina as, you know, the person that like the team manager and I talked to her a lot and she was, she was kind of the, the forefront of making it happen. Like she was like, we want to do like, realistically she was like i would like to do something for you because of what you have put in you know work with us and you know the alessandro is the sort of production manager that was he kind of gets to make the full final choice and you know he was then on board and it's like going back and forth with martina like hey she, it's like you can have whatever you want but you know you have to know that there are certain constraints within you know, the design process, the production process, like, um, so I'm like sitting there trying to think of like, oh, I like this color or this color. And you're like, I want everything. I, I want I could... an R1 liner. I want, I want the, the highest end liner you've got. I want the smoky <laughs> sole plates. I don't, I don't want these bullshit, um, uh, King's King crown wheels that you ended up getting on your skate. You're like, I want, I thought you loved the, you told me you loved the, um, Oh God, what profile are they? You told it's me the face wheel. The face yeah, wheel profile. Yeah, you told me yes. so, was, when you told me when I saw you were getting a skate, I was like, Well, of course he's gonna have those wheels because he raves about them. And then it came with a generic bloody Well, crown you're wheels. correct. So this is a whole like this is a point of my own contention that I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> right. So I skate flat with the 58 regular wheels on the outside and the face wheel 60 profiles on the inside. And so it's like a tiny bit of rocker, which oh, feels that, that sounds amazing, horrible, but okay. By the way, okay. Um, it's almost, it's not like a wizard, but coming from doing big wheel wizard stuff, moving to just flat, flat felt sticky. So I started playing with rocker, and that was just the easiest. It's real estate, it's a one millimeter rocker on each side. It's really not a lot, but it, it makes swivels and tight carves and stuff. Just, I don't know. It feels more flowy and surfy. I don't know how to explain it, okay. but I'll, I'll, I think I, it's great. I, if it makes you happy, more power it to does. you. Right. But the, so the hard, bigger wheels in the middle, like help with that process too, because they don't give as much when you're pressing, you know, on them. Uh, and then the 58 on the outside are a little more grip and i just come to really like that setup so when we were talking about all that i'm like oh yeah like the 58s on the outside and then i was like well we 
sort of decided together, like me and Martina was like, we can't put 60s on the inside and like sell this to people. Like, it would That's look just... weird with a rosy stock frame because they're it's like it's like when the Brian Shima reissue razors came out and they were like yeah. flat sixty millimeter on feather lights and it's like if you skate the setup you're gonna die like yeah imagine if you do a Roy Allen nose <laughs> you're going to the hospital yeah so that like that was a similar thought process like each point like Martino was a really good sounding board of like do you really think that like do you really want that like we'd like this skate to be accessible I was like uh yeah let's, let's not do that that's a little weird and like a very personal preference so i just i don't know in my i was just like yeah we'll just do any rocker like most people sort of like that anyway but it's like i always wish sort of the cheaper skates would come flat for beginners that like it's more fun that way and it feels that's, that is also yeah it would, it would make the skate more accessible just for yeah just for getting to a to from a to b and learning yeah the basics. or even yeah. if you're like new it's gonna feel more fun like you're not jumping out of the box and doing grinds in a way that's like fulfilling yeah. so if you weren't good at skating and you got this new skate that was flat like it would probably be more fun for you and just, I, I sort just of, rolling along the street on anti-rocker does feel like shit and i, yeah, I only, like, I only oh, stopped skating anti-rocker this year but I, I can openly admit just just rolling up to an obstacle feels like shit yeah. and you're like ah oh, rollerblading is not that much fun so yeah, yeah whenever people are like oh you you like like skating like skating around and i'm like no i hate skating from spot to spot because <laughs> i'm skating anti-rocker it sucks and now that i'm skating flat i'm like actually this is tolerable yeah yeah that was part of my switch too but so in my mind you know i was like yeah just go any rocket like that's the most simple answer and i just sort of stopped thinking about it too because i'm like i'm not gonna skate the stock setup anyway so it doesn't matter to me and there was some talk at one point just to do boot only and i just kind of let it go and like never thought about it again now that they're out i'm like why didn't i just ask for like flat 58 or something like they would have done that for me and it would have been kind of a good middle ground and i just like i kind of like annoyed at myself for not paying enough attention okay <laughs> but not you know it's not the end of the world or anything but it really was. It was choose what you want, and so, what I was okay. saying. It's like so. If you got to choose what you want, why did you? Why did you go so? I, I feel like you went quite timid with a design. Uh so there's some real reasons. All right. <laughs> I mean, one try to think of like if you want to skate, and you have like, you know, the, the AB coffees were my favorite skates ever. So first instance, I was like, let's do some shade like that, and. That I was like, I don't want anything like, you know, no matter what, first instinct, people see something like that, that's yeah. his skate. You'd I would got, be second or you'd third. Got, you'd have got roasted. You'd have got roasted. Because Richie, Richie had the brown Aeon. So like um Yeah, but so did um, Richie, uh, Nick? Nick Lomax. Oh, it. Nick. Sorry, yeah. Richie had the silver Aeon. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's like I would never be first in line of like who had a brown skate. <laughs> Um, do do you think you're first in line for the first guy that had a no, black I boot with that. a white cuff? It's <laughs> certainly a nod to Ali Short. <laughs> um, like that, you know, went through some thought process of like doing because like I mean his was checker, but like polka dot, like you can see some parallels, but um I like the black boot better. Like the black boot is the recycled plastic, not the cornstarch plastic. Right. And nobody else seems to notice a difference and maybe i just 
and making it up or maybe it's because i skate the tall intuition liners with like the hard cuff thing or like i've always i thought the cornstarch ones feel like a tiny bit softer plastic wise and also maybe because it's i was in florida a lot and it's like skating in 100 degrees humidity just makes any skate feel soft <laughs> um, is, that's also a possibility yeah but just over time um and like i always really pay attention to skate setups and stuff i really have always sort of like the technicality of like how does this function and what's the difference so i might have looked in too deep but i've always liked the black recycled plastic feel so when so, you talk when you talk to other guys in the team and you're like oh man these go these go soft quite quick or like these they're all like i have no idea what you're talking about yeah it's kind of just like i don't know man like i don't think so they seem fine to me <laughs> i'm like Okay. Like Grant's, like, Grant's weird. Like Grant, Grant keeps saying weird stuff to us. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna engage with him anymore. We'll just smile and nod. <laughs> but no, it's never been like that. But I think also, I know the other guys skate either the RL ones or the stock liners, and I, I, I could see the taller, harder intuition, like maybe creating a different leverage point, and just adjusting the way the skate feels, or even just how the liner fits in the boot right like it there's all differences i've tried not to go too deep into it but um so but that, that was just i was like why not if i have a preference like kind of go for it and then at certain production numbers they wouldn't have matched a color for the sole plate because like the sole plate the cuff and the boot are all different plastic and they have to do some experimenting to color match and get them all the same. So that process takes some time. You would think and they would then, have that dialed down for black on black. Oh no, not for black on black, but I mean like the choice of like, why did you go kind of tame was like, ah, right. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Got you now. Right. So if you, if you did decide to do that, it would have been a longer, like process. a new color. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had a whole rack of like kind of existing colors that maybe they didn't use or they'd tested with that. They're like, you could choose from here and it be faster easier but i but so production numbers they also the sole plates are a different like production number than boots so at a certain number of skates they wouldn't color match the soles because it you know the overlap wouldn't kind of be worth it they'd have uh, you know i didn't ask for numbers and stuff but it i've heard it before so All right. i wasn't okay. surprised so i was like yeah you know it's mine and like my personal choice would be to match the sole plate to the boot. So I was kind of like, okay, like I'm going to go sort of simple and classic in a way. And I think at the end of the day, it's something more that I myself would pick out to skate than like a, a more colorful thing where I know that I would think it was cool, but I don't know that I would pick that skate up like off the shelf just i don't think i'm that i think on my own i'm a little like not so adventurous just just your way you're you're saying you're saying you're, you're admitting to being a bit basic is that what you're saying grant so that's, sure that's right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> as that's soon as i saw it i was like it just looks like a kind of like 90s pro usd kind of colorway it's like white white cuff black but um so what inspired the the polka dot and the the love the red love heart in the back uh the polka dot it was something i thought about for a long time and it just I wanted a polka dot cuff, but like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> like we're not going to apply like vinyl graphic or something to every cuff by hand, or like, there's no simple way to do that with the way 
the the skates get produced. Yeah. So, um, and it's going to come so straight just, off anyway. So let's let's be honest. One a couple of falls and I don't know that the graphics seem like they stay on. You know the cuff graphics, but they're not really in a place that gets beat up. That, I was about to say who uh, who falls on the back? Yeah, like the <laughs> like the. Back you'd be of surprised. Their I've, I've certainly done this. <laughs> Some of mine are pretty torn up back there, but that's you know probably just flailing around um so yeah so, the polka dot was just i right. like i have like three or four polka dot button-ups and i can't kind of that's I, right so i knew you were going to be dressed i was like grant doesn't wear t-shirts he always wears a, a you know a short sleeve shirt so i wore a short sleeve shirt <laughs> Did, was there any recognition no you know what it's fine it's fine <laughs> i put in the effort i got dressed up for you no appreciation so, it's fine i can't see you that well my uh light is straight in my eyes like right, i can okay. barely see myself <laughs> but now that you've done that i can thank you all right that's fine and I it's, it's actually really it, it looks like a, one of those like optical illusions at the back because you've got that perfect line above your head and then there's like the lighting behind it and it, there's been a few times during the chat where i'm like getting like bleary eyed just because there's just all these yeah like stimulus coming from behind you yeah it's quite funny it was i tried without those it was very dark I don't, so Sorry. 